Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, this is the podcast Step by Step, hosted by a revert girl, exploring my journey into Islam. Inshallah, today we will be looking into the third pillar of Islam, which is zakat. In this world today, there are many things that people want and many p- things people aim for in this life. And one of those aims is, in fact, money. Money is the thing that runs our economy, it's the thing that runs our lives. We are all focused on getting a job so that we can have money, so that we can have a house, so that we can get all this different stuff. Our whole lives basically center around money. The thing is that money in itself isn't a bad thing to attain money and Inshallah, we will all be able to have enough to be able to live lives that we we want. And not only that we want, but what we need, we, that we get our bare necessities. So, in fact, when you have this love of money and it becomes your only goal for life, this is in fact shit. So this is an idol for you that is taking a place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are not submitting your life and submitting your money, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you are not putting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. In fact, money and happiness don't always coincide. I study a degree called international development, and it is found that to a certain point, money and happiness do coincide, and then it reaches a top. So you can start earning more and your happiness no longer increases. And we find this with celebrities across the whole of the world. They are constantly looking for more and more money, but it's just not going to make them happy. So now let's look at the actual Arabic word of zakat. It actually means that a certain thing has become available in abundance. But when we put it in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and religion, it means that God has caused someone to grow and develop in a perfect manner and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is purifying him. So if you look at this in terms of money, God is causing us to grow and develop in our spirituality and purifying our money to make it halal, so permissible. So it means that with the wealth and riches, we acknowledge that it's been given to us and it's not ours to become selfish with and become greedy. If we give it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and actually give some of it up, it becomes blessed and it is bound to turn plenteous. So overall, the definition of, of zakat is the meaning of increasing, cleansing and purifying, of growth of blessings and of ensuring protection from poverty and all sorts of embarrassments, and of submission and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, acknowledging that everything we own belongs to him and it is for him that we strive to end poverty and help our brothers and sisters. As I've mentioned, I do this degree called international development. I look at the developing world, I look at poverty, I look at underdevelopment, and I look at the dire state that this world is in. And I just think about how amazing it is that there are basically development goals within this religion. Alhamdulillah, that this is so much like a lifestyle that zakat in itself is a lifestyle. We are no longer striving constantly for money and getting nowhere, but instead we submit our lives and actually become more grateful for what we have. The Arabic language is so beautiful, as a singular word can mean so many things. Zakat means one flourish and prosper, 
and they get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through it. Don't we all want to flourish and prosper? Don't we all want to have this lifestyle where we're not just constantly trying to strive for money and strive for something better? When can't we just be content with what we have? In the Quran, it has um, in Surah Al-Baqarah in 110, it says, And establish prayer and give zakat. And whatever good you put forwards for yourselves, you'll find it with Allah. And honestly, you see a lot throughout the Quran that prayer, so Salah, which was my episode before Black Lives Matter, and Zakat, Salah and Zakat go together very well. So through Salah we submit, and then in Zakat we give. So in technicalities, Zakat is compulsory for all Muslims, and then anything that is a charitable gift above Zakat is called Sadaqah. Zakat is 2.5% of one's cash money, capital, stock, and assets. It's spent wholly to benefit the poor and the needy. This is something that I completely love, because it is a big difference to Christianity. Not that Christians don't give to poor and needy, of course, of course they do. But a lot of the tithing that they do, they give it to the church. And this is something which I would like to really demonstrate, that this religion, it is not about the religiosity. It's about helping other people. It's about a lifestyle where you're bringing other people up and bringing them out of poverty and helping every single person, even with a smile. I'll get back into that. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. But if you are actually in poverty or struggling, if wealth amounts to less than a threshold figure, which is termed the nisab, then no zakat is payable. If wealth amounts to more than the nisab, zakat becomes obligatory, and you pay the zakat every lunar year. One thing that I'd like to add is that this is something that is on your savings and not your income, so it's not like tax. This is on your savings account. So if you've got other things, so say you have your weekly and monthly spending, it's not on this, it's on your actual savings. So it's not trying to undermine your ability to be able to look after yourself in any way. But when we look around the world, the existence of countless starving, poor, hungry and destitute Muslims and non-Muslims in the world points to the need for the essential teachings to be put into practice. We do not realize how much just giving 2.5%, 2.5% is really quite small, and how this wealth could strengthen whole communities. Giving charity correctly is crucial to both the well-being of the needy, as well as the ultimate happiness of the wealthy. When you give and you know that you are blessing others, doesn't that give you so much joy? And so the Prophet emphasized this principle repeatedly. How much, if everyone gives money to the poor, could we eradicate poverty? And another thing that I would like to add, I actually learned about this this week, is taqwa, which means the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must be giving in our zakat in a way that we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we know that we're doing this for Allah, we're doing this to purify ourselves and to show that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we love Him so much more than we will ever love our money and that we acknowledge that our money belongs to him and what we have been given is a gift from him and so of course we're going to give it back but to his people. 
So sadaka, as I've mentioned, is more than just money. So sadaka can be given to anyone in many forms, including a smile, wise advice, or helping to build a home or masjid. So sadaka is something which is anything extra than your 2.5%. Because honestly, if we gave our 2.5% and we feel very passionate about one cause, of course we can give money to that. Just because you've given your zakat doesn't mean that you shouldn't always be generous and loving and always offer help to others. May I also add that you can give zakat to extended members of your family if they live in poverty but you can't give it to the inner circle of your family so if that's your brother your parents or your children but you can give it to uncles and aunts and cousins so that's something i learned from yasir kavi his video about zakat really helped me i'll link it in the description i would definitely recommend because i found that the technicalities and if you're getting really confused then i would recommend that so how can zakat improve your life? The Prophet said, The believer's shade on the day of re resurrection will be his charity. And that's found in Al-Tirmidhi. Apologies for that pronunciation. On the day when all other shade will be gone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shade and shelter those who give charity and care for the poor. So as we are acknowledging that in the end, this world is not the goal this dunya it doesn't really matter but the afterlife is something that we're all striving for money isn't what we're striving for but the day of resurrection and being with allah is definitely something that we are striving for so the muslim sacrifice in this life will be their protection on the day of judgment so don't think that what you're sacrificing isn't going to be worth it so when i'm talking about this al-taqwa and you're being conscious of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're giving your money you're acknowledging that your sacrifice that you are giving now is going to be your protection at the same time by sacrificing part of one's wealth and giving it in charity the individual is also guaranteeing protection for themselves from tragedy and misfortune that is not in how i have understood it I mean that tragedy and misfortune definitely won't come but it says the prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam also said in Al-Tarmidhi, give charity without delay for it stands in the way of calamity. So if you're giving charity, then it's more likely that you'll get something back in abundance and you won't have tragedy and misfortune. Um, the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, to give something to a poor man brings one reward, while giving the same to a needy relation brings two, one for charity and the other for respecting the family ties. Which brings me back to the point about the family. And then the Prophet also said, when a person dies, his work ends, except for three, ongoing charity, knowledge that is benefited from, and a righteous child who prays for him. So even when we pass away, if we give, we give um, our money to ongoing charity, we actually still get deeds. And charity serves as a way to bring justice, balance and kindness to every society and community. So I went a bit further to do some research and actually found about behavioural finance, which applies behavioural psychology to finance. 
Psychologists now have a clear de definition for love and money. It, it is not about any instrumental need for m money to fulfill our uh, other goals, which all of us have, but rather about a love or need of money for its own sake. The more someone has an emotional attachment to money, the more likely they are to make mistakes with money. A series of behavioural biases that lead investors into predictable mistakes have been diagnosed over the years. And there was this fact found on this behavioural finance. 60% of investors who score high on a love of money scale actually have bad financial outcomes. May I draw us back to the point about how actually giving money, give charity for without delay for it stands in the way of calamity and now this non-muslim site is saying that if you don't have a love of money you won't have bad financial outcomes and you are less likely to make mistakes with money isn't that avoiding calamity um psychology today also adds that anxiety and restlessness when we we feel when we long for some possession and the false insurance that upon gaining it will be put at ease and satisfied places us in literally a vicious circle finally just give some money away they conclude make some commitments to give a certain amount of money away on a regular basis to a charitable organization local religious group or a relief agency so again this is a non-religious psychology website which is literally coming to the conclusion to give money to charity which has been in the quran for 1400 years furthermore as i've already mentioned twice now i do development and i just thought oh my goodness this is so similar to sustainable development goals so i just did a quick google and was like zakat and sustainable development goals and it came into um a uk newspaper called the guardian and in 2017 as an article called the striking commonalities between the sustainable development goals and zakat so we've come up to, to, with this contemporary sustainable development goals to make sure that we have a sustainable livelihood that we're bringing everybody up and in the islamic faith they say that there's five foundational goals known as makasid al-sharia include the protection of life faith progeny intellect and wealth much of these sustainable development goals to alleviate poverty, hunger, improve health, education, and access to water and sanitation, reduce inequality and protect the environment are reflected in these Islamic values. This literally shows how zakat is a lifestyle, how if we do this, this is aligning ourselves with the UN aligning ourselves with sustainability and sustainability in itself is seen as a westernized idea when it has been a thing about protection of faith, life, progeny, intellect and wealth has been a thing in the Sharia law since Prophet Muhammad So finally, I truly believe that if everyone gave 2.5% of their money we could alleviate poverty. And this article further says between 3 trillion and 5 trillion is estimated to be needed per year to achieve the goals of the Sustainable Development Goals. Roughly, 22% of the world population is Muslim. Alhamdulillah. Islamic finance, including zakat, was estimated at almost 2 trillion in 2015 and is expected to surpass 3 trillion by 2020, inshallah. That is literally only 22% of the population. And so we could literally cover the sustainable development goals with all of us Muslims and the money that we give. 
Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all those people who have given zakat and submitted their lives to Allah because may they be rewarded for the help that they have. But could you imagine if 100% of the world gave 2.5%? That is so small. 2.5% of their savings, not even their income, their savings. This, this genuinely, I truly believe that this could end world poverty and that this has some of the answers to um, development issues throughout the world. As you can see, I'm very, very passionate for giving to the poor. I'm very passionate. This is literally my whole degree, my whole life, is looking at the developing communities, looking at the issues and thinking, how can I solve this? Looking at climate change, looking at people's um, ways of life and cultures and how we can improve their accessibility to basic needs, basic uh, infrastructure, but at the same time remaining their local culture. So I really truly think that Zagat can not only improve the world around us, it improves your heart, it improves yourself in the afterlife, it improves yourself um, so that you don't get into this psychology of anxiety and restlessness that you don't always strive for money but you're just content with what you have so as i challenged you last time i would just like to challenge you that not only do you do you go and give zakat grudgingly going oh i have to give my 2.5 percent this year no think i'm giving 2.5 percent i am literally one of the people's going out there to alleviate poverty I'm literally going out there to help those people who are suffering so severely in refugee camps that they have no infrastructure and no ways to live without your help. And also, I just would like to say that get your heart in the right place. Think of Allah. Get, um, be God conscious. Taqwa. And also, I just am so grateful that Allah has guided us to know how we can save others and save ourselves i really enjoyed saying all of that <laughs> inshallah you've enjoyed it as well i hope you're all well inshallah and next episode inshallah will be about sum um which is about ramadan which has recently passed alhamdulillah so inshallah until next time assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh assalamu alaikum wa